Hi, and welcome to another episode of Starburst TV. Today I have a friend of mine, uh, someone I know for 20 years. We started off a long time ago in the field of cybersecurity. My good friend, Avishai Gassiel. And Avishai and I are gonna talk a lot, I hope, about AI and hopefully a lot more about governance, right? I know governance isn't a popular topic, but AI governance is so important. Uh, right now there's this, this race, so to speak. You've got the speed of innovation and then you've got the required necessary speed of governance. And we're, we're kind of behind on the governance side. And so we have to try to find a way to kind of get the governance caught up. And so I have an expert, Avishai, who is uh, focused on data governance, focused on AI governance on the show today. Welcome to the show, Avishai. Hi, Adrian. Thanks for having me. It's great to see you again. We, we go back a while. Let's Before we get on the show, let's, let's, let's go back 20 years. You, you and I are young hackers, right? And, and you were you were the legendary hacker. I just kind of, I was, you're Batman, I was Robin, right? I, I, the best thing I could do was TFTP Etsy password. Um, but we were hackers back in the day. We had a lot of fun. Uh, we were security experts. We hacked and then we went and told companies how to fix it, so to speak, how to, how to actually correct the issues that we found. Uh, anyone well, anyone knows hacking knows the, we we were hunting in flocks right we were in groups <laughs> in teams that's right that's right when we hacked everything I remember sitting in a bar and we were like how do we hack that and that was also the that? good old days where you could actually do that right <laughs> you were also one of the first people that I ever saw you had a like an intelligent phone before they even existed I remember <laughs> what it was. Um, it wasn't very interesting. It was an HTC Just Jar. I think people should Google that and see. I actually <laughs> managed to install Linux on this thing. It was quite an achievement, I would say. Took me a month, <laughs> but yeah. Good days. Good days. Yeah. You know, but what I really like is, and I, I, I see this with a lot of, call it, you know, OG security folks or cyber defense folks. You know, we moved from security into governance and now into AI governance. It's and I know you've done a lot since then, right? I didn't give you your full profile. You've you've co-founded a couple of companies since then, and you, but you find yourself back in AI governance today. And I feel see if you agree. A lot of what we used to do, a lot of the governance models and principles that we learned back in the day, they're still relevant, aren't they? They are very much. I, I think I'm I'm not seeing AI reinventing the world of governance. Uh, I, I see AI reshaping it in 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 a way, accelerating uh, the the rate of innovation and acceleration is is incredible. And 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 so what I'm seeing is a, is a remodeling of the world that we have maybe new, maybe built, um, and uh, and and. Taking it, taking it into a, a whole new technology that is exciting. You know, working in cybersecurity or penetration testing, it just requires that kind of curiosity that that you bring to to any new technology. AI is no different. It's, it's exactly yeah. the same. And the domain, the both security and the general governance domain, risk management hasn't really changed. It's just reshaping, and we can talk about that also. I think, and I do think there are some very unique elements of AI governance. One is I think the word AI overgeneralizes everything you could do, right? And so AI governance, here's one framework, and maybe I'll ask you in a second about your idea of what that framework looks like, but the, it's different if you're doing machine learning or whether you're doing very simple, you know, predictive AI, or whether you're doing very complicated, you know, LM engine or something. And so I think the governance framework maybe changes you you tell me the other side that i think is important is 
when we think about data governance, as a CDO, I hear AI governance, I'm naturally attracted to the data elements of AI governance, but AI governance is so much more, I think, than data governance. As a CDO, I'm responsible for the data part of that, but I, as a CDO, need to understand all the other parts as well. And so tell me a bit about how you view that AI governance framework, the AI governance model. What does that look like? Just on the point with the data governance, it isn't the core of, of AI. It's in the core of machine learning. Therefore, it's in the core of AI, but it's definitely broad. I, I see it in three layers. If, if I need to describe the policy or the governance framework in 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 general lines and high level, I, I see that in, in three layers. One, the first layer is, of course, the, the kind of board leadership top level governance uh, steering level where where I would challenge uh, those in, in, in such positions. There, there's four elements there. The first element is the organization. Is your organization, is this, are you ready to take in this technology? And do you have the right people? Do you have the right competence? Do, are, is it used the right places in the organization? Are you allowing it in certain places in the organization, yes or no? There, there, there's decisions to be made for the use of this technology because of its nature. Of course, you would use a database in every, everywhere in your organization that you possibly could, but would you use artificial intelligence model, a generative model or another model in certain places of your organization? It's a choice that needs to be made and this choice needs to be governed. Um, then, then we're talking about the, the very core of governance, the more, let's say, traditional uh, aspect. There we have quality and risk management. Quality management, of course, you, you need to, you know, everything you do uh, lives up to a quality standard. It could be an external standard, it could be your own standard, it could be a regulatory standard, it can be different standards, but there's a quality standard to what you would do. And then there's a risk management standard. All the current legislation, uh, um, standards, all of them are essentially risk management standards. If you've read ISO 31000 or COBIT or one of the other frameworks, you actually read an AI risk management standard just without the word AI. <laughs> so, and, that's, uh, and, and that's very also very, very important to know. Then the, the fourth element, which is important, we all know that, especially in big companies, regulated industries, that's the compliance and conformity part. There is an, an, an increasing trend both in the industry but also a regulatory trend around conformity assessments and being able to mark your model watermark it or mark it in any other way your your ai model to show that you live up to those risk and quality standards that you actually are taking this responsibly you're approaching it responsibly and so that that would be at the kind of the leadership, more high level governance. In the, in the middle, there's always the technology, the actual operations and, and technology aspects. And there, the core of that part is data. Data, data governance, data management. You, you cannot do any kind of serious AI without a lot of data. And if you have a lot of data, you need to govern it and you need to manage it and you need to use it effectively and efficiently and you need to secure it and you need to store it well and you need to back it up and all of that. Um, so that that and then if we go into the more nitty gritty data science part, then data scientists also have a lot of use. In, they they treat data in a slightly different way than your normal BI uh, uh, traditional uh, uh, 
maybe even a database administrator or any other data consumers. Uh, they look at data in a slightly different way with tagging and, and, and labeling and, and different other things. You need to give them the tools and the, the rules on how to do that, what's allowed, what's not allowed, what would get you into trouble, what would not get you into trouble. A lot of it is regulatory driven. So yeah, data governance fills up a lot in that layer, in the, in the middle layer. But then the next in line is, I would say, security. Uh, I mean, nobody would ever dare using any kind of AI engine that can think for itself, that can hack for itself, that can write code for itself and soon enough execute it as well, or actually already execute it. And, and nobody's going to use any of this if it's not secure. Uh, I, I can see a, any rational person doing that or a company. And then around that, we have all the usual suspects that we know from the very good old days, the documentations, the record keeping, logging, monitoring, test validations, privacy, uh, performance, uh, man all incident management, all of the, let's say, uh, ITO world <laughs> that, that we all know and love uh, from the big corporates, uh, that, that, that has just its own AI machine learning flavor and at the top level um there is a or or sorry the, the, the third layer is a more model specific and that of course goes into fairness management bias explainability transparency performance management it's very important that the model also performs because if it starts drifting or it starts lagging uh, then then it's useless or it actually makes mistakes and then and then, and then the risk increases. So that was a long answer to a short question. No, no I, I, and I love the long answer because it's hard. So if, if I'm sitting in front of an executive committee or a board or a leadership team, and we're talking AI governance, they, as soon as I say, well, there's four layers, they're already, they're off, right? <laughs> the attention span <laughs> is gone. I, it's very difficult to explain uh, AI governance. Uh, and I think part of that reason is one the, the newness of it. Um, but the other part of the reason is it feels like right now um, we're all inventing the, the, the wheel, so to speak. I, and I know I've heard you say before, we're not reinventing the wheel, but there was, I think it was the, I hope I say this right. I quote him correctly. I think it was a world privacy organization. Um, I'd read some stuff and then I found a podcast and I listened to someone from, from that group talking. They last year, I think middle of the year, they went out and they analyzed 18 different um, AI governance uh, tools. They were calling them tools. They, they chose not to use the word framework, but they had a definition for what tool was, policy, regulation, framework, and, and tools. Um, and they came back and said that well, there was really broad, um, there's a lot of disparity between the different tools, right? And there's a lot of challenges with some of the controls that were being been placed, that, that the controls themselves were not effective. Uh, I remember in, in a, the podcast, I think she said, the good news is, is that there's a lot of people doing work. The bad news is, is it's not clear whether that work is effective yet. So I think it's, that's the worry from an executive board is like, I don't understand it. I hope it works. And if, you, if I hear you say it's not very different than what we did before, that makes me feel a little bit better. But then I worry, does that mean we're not being innovative enough? And so that leads to my next point. I want to talk a bit about this when we used to build governance models if we look at whether it's Sarbanes-Oxley or, or GDPR or whether it's even some the original NIST cybersecurity or some basic old cybersecurity governance policies, we, we talked about secure by design, right? We got really good at, I think, about building applications and building tools with security embedded by design, right? It became 
a stage gate, right? As we, we you knew exactly what to ask and how to ask it. Gone were the days where you caught the code errors after the application was launched. Now you could automate and look for those code errors before it was launched, secure by design. Today, when we talk about AI, we're talking about explainability or transparency by design. And I think that's a much bigger ask. We went from saying, hey, I can secure access and I can secure confidentiality and maybe I can secure integrity. That's what we cared about in our old control models, secure by design. To, now it's like, yeah, yeah, that's important. Like you said, security is still a core, but you also have to tell me purpose. What are you going to use it for? And you also have to tell me function. How are you going to do it? I need to understand how you did it. And I need to understand what you're going to do with it. We never ask those questions in our old governance frameworks, not the ones that I'm familiar with anyway. Um, and that's what I think makes it so much more complicated. I think the, the just before, let's say a year and a half ago, the world was a little bit more deterministic. We, we could we could anticipate the result of even the most sophisticated te tests or uses of the technology. You know, whether you were trying to test it, abuse it, or just trying to use it for its intended purpose, you knew what you were doing. You knew how a database query would react if you've done it right. You would know how we, we had the we had both the layers, the architecture, we also had the technology stack, we had the models, it was clear. Now we have a, a technology that we actually don't know, it, it, it's not deterministic and, yeah. and it learns by itself, it changes in front of our eyes as it goes along. Yeah. We, we, as, we cannot anticipate the, the, the behavior, we cannot imagine what can go wrong because what can go wrong could be the machine or, or the, the actual model glitch or design that is faulty. And then, and, and that, that makes it, of course, very, very interesting, um, but, but very, very challenging as well. We are, we are the, 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 a deterministic world. And then the line starts blurring because the technology can do so much and saves, you know, an application can run entirely on an, on a language model, basically clearing out a lot of layers that, that were there before um, and, and making it the, the life definitely of security and, and other um, governance functions much, much harder. So who's, who's writing these policies? Is it governments? Is it, uh, is it, is it vendors submitting to governments? Um, are we copying off each other? Are they, I mean, that's the big question, I think, is who's writing these? Can we trust them? Um, are, are we are we letting the, the companies that are building the actual AI solutions actually write their own policies? How does that come together? I live in Europe, Adrian. In Europe, the government writes everything. The, <laughs> the, the European governments like to write rules for people and give high fines for people, assuming that produces more compliance and good results. I challenged well, GDP, GDPR, right? sorry, to your point, GDPR was early, I think, even in the original GDPR, I think they had something around controls for automation. And I think that's probably the one of the early types of controls or frameworks we had for anything that was going to later become AI. So yeah, so in that sense, I think Europe was leading. G GDPR brought awareness. GDPR brought to the table an awareness and, and, and this kind of 
yeah, notion that data and data protection and the use of data is, is something that needs to be brought out in the light and, and companies need to act responsibly with the data. Hopefully also AI legislation will do the same, which we'll is bring that um, sense of sense of responsibility and 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 yeah accountability uh for for the different players i don't think government should should write policies i think government should set the playing field i think governments should probably establish the 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 national or the federal in that case uh governance system who to call when when something goes very very wrong and and who set maybe a legal framework around certain specific important issues but not I don't think governments should write policies. I also don't think, um, I think companies should step forward. And, and to be honest, I don't, I don't think writing the policy is the right, I, I wouldn't take my policy framework today and throw it. I would go in and take the current policies that I have, read them again, with, with AI in the back of my mind and said, what needs to change here in order for me to, to, 100%. to act within response with my security policies. How do I need to open them up or close them down? What do I need to add? What do I need to remove? What kind of resource I need in order to meet those challenges rather than think, you know, over the top with a lot of new documentation and, and rules. Uh, I, I also don't think we're there yet. And to be honest, we all know that. It takes time before people actually. I, I just thought, and I, I, I can't underscore that enough. It's like you know, you said it earlier, and then I restated. You said it again now. Third time in the conversation already. This notion that don't go reinvent, right? You've got process, and the the good news is, I think because security has been at the forefront of for a lot of what anybody in IT and, and business has done, because we have the fear of being hacked, so to speak. Um, it's in our culture, right? Uh, and that's a good thing, right? And so I think we can still leverage that 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 thinking, that culture. We can still leverage a lot of the processes we have, access processes, design processes, stage gates that we've already put in place for projects. And then there's probably room for us to tweak those. But and to we get we're not there yet, but we've got a, a good place to start. And now we've got to figure out how to accelerate the improvement of where we are today and where we need to be. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this this idea of data products. As well, um, and this is kind of where bringing it back to Starburst a little bit, and where we work with our customers on AI solutions and data products. Yeah, you work in AI governance, so let, let me tell you what we hear a lot. Of how we often talk, right? More and more now, we're talking about data products um, in the context of an AI function, right? And so you've got an again any different type of AI solution, whether it's machine learning, whatever it might be, uh, Chat GPT engine, whatever you, you're using that's creating an output. And so we have some organizations that might call that a data product, right? It's a, there's a function, or you might say there is a process being performed on data and that process is creating an output, right? And that output is what is a valuable to a consumer. Consumer can say, I understand what that is. And here's the really nice thing about a data product. I won't give you my pharmacy analogy because I don't have enough time, but the nice thing about a data product is when you pick it up off the shelf, you understand what it is. It's got a description. Here's what it is. You flip the box. Here's what's inside of it. You flip the box. Here's where it came from. And you flip the box. Here's how you use it, right? And so for a consumer, it gives me everything I need to I need to know, I need to understand 
so I can make a decision as to whether or not I want to use that. And you can start to think about AI solutions maybe being presented this way uh, almost as a commodity for, for different organizations or for different consumers within your organization. That's a data product. Uh, and I, I like the idea of thinking about those in AI terms. Today, more practically speaking, most of the data products we built aren't built from AI engines. Um, they're just built, they're just data assets, right? We've integrated different data sets together. That's an early data product. The next version of the data product as we move forward in the future, I think is gonna be all AI um, created data products. There's the context. Let me pause, because then I, what I wanna talk about, Avishai, is how we could use data products to support the governance principles we've just described. But have you heard about this data product concept? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. I, I actually think I see some similarities to 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 some of what is the the AI emerging AI standards and different type of frameworks are trying to do. They're actually trying to wrap the AI in exactly the same fashion like you you describe uh, for a data product. Say, okay, this is what it's supposed to do. This yep. is the limitation. This is where it comes from. This is how it was built, and and give you give you that comfort feeling that you are. At least in in the know, if not in control of what you're using, that that's 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 a similarity that I see, and definitely you you would never be able to do that kind of si simple uh, uh, explanation and 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 presenting and delivering to a, an end user or to a customer without a solid data product underneath that co corresponds to that 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 you you know where your data is. You, you know uh, what, what it was used for, hence you can speak more, uh, 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 speak better to the qualities of your AI uh, model and, and, the, and the product. So that, that's, I, I definitely see that. One thing I know, and one thing I've, uh, one thing is extremely important in the AI context when we come to data products is the data products needs, need to be also lifecycle aware. So of course there is the normal data lifecycle from creation to, to basically backup restore, but the, in, with AI, there is also a, a sub life cycle in within, which is from the basically the, the training data all the way to the ingestion data, the, the requirements for that kind of data, the way companies would come, would learn how to work with this data, the data science teams, their needs, that needs to also be built into a data product and a data product on the box that would be labeled AI ready or AI aware would definitely be a, a big winner in, in that space. I, I, 100% I, or self-aware. It's going to change on its own. I even like the idea of, and it's something we've talked about with a couple of customers notion of certifying data products of having, uh, you know, uh, before a data product is published, having that process of certification that says it's certified by somebody you trust and that there may be some certification principles, kind of like what we used to do 20 years ago with websites. What was it called? Web trust, whatever it was. We'd yeah, go hack yeah. in and then we'd figure yeah. out that it was secure. And if it was secure, we'd give them a stamp. And and, and yeah. if you went to the website and they had the stamp, you trusted it back when we all used to use websites still, but kind of a similar concept today with certifying data products. So that when you go, you, you trust, and, and there's a, a level of an understanding for why you trust it. I trust the company that did the review or the person or the internal function, and I know what they reviewed. And I don't need to understand what's in the black box because they understand it and, I, and then I can move forward. Um, so let me take a step back from there, right? So we, we can now we can imagine for hopefully the audience this notion of a data product um, um, kind of either being the output of an AI engine uh, and 
where does that data come from? And I think this is what we could do today, right? We would say, well, so if you're in an organization, how, if I'm just starting AI solutions or I'm starting to really understand how to create more efficiency in my AI solutions, or I'm starting to worry about how I feed better data into my AI solutions, my concept, my proposal would be to look at data products. And so three challenges you hear oftentimes when you're talking to data science teams or AI teams is, first one really has to do with data quality, right? And so I've got to get the right data into the tool. Second challenge has to do then with data minimization. And so the idea of data minimization, you would say is, I wanna get the right amount of data into the tool, right? And so sometimes it's easy if you're not really sure what you want, or if you don't, if you only have one shot to get the data that you need, cause it's in a sit in a data center far, far away or a cloud far, far away, you say, just bring me everything. And then you wait forever. And hopefully we're not, most people are not migrating data. That's the old way of doing it. but if you can minimize the data you need, if you can focus the quality efforts only on that minimized data, so what does your AI engine need? I need these tables, these rows, these data sets. Great, here it is. And let's make sure that that small data set, smaller data set has good quality, fantastic. Now, if I feed that data into an AI engine, my AI engine is going to perform better. And I didn't have to wait as long for my data because I only got what I needed and I can trust my data because that smaller data set is curated. And then here, more importantly, if I could take it a step further, you would say, well, Adrian, that's great. You've given me a data product. I trust the quality of the data. In the old days, Abishai, I see you curling your, your eyebrows. In the old days, <laughs> we would say, hey, feed this data into an AI engine. And you would say, well, I got to fix the quality for all that data. In a modern data stack, I mean, you might say, well, in a second, I'm going to give you this data product. That's all you need. And because it's a finite set, I focused my quality team on that, making sure that that smaller data set is good. Um, I make sure you have the right access principles. But here's the other piece I was going to say is for different AI teams, they could also use the same data product. I've got an AI team over there and they're doing uh, maybe just some very simple predictive analytics. All, that, all they're doing is trending, right? They don't really care about names or addresses, anything personal. So when they access this data product for their engine, I hide or I anonymize the data they don't need. And there may be a team over here that needs all the data, right? All that data is important for the analytics that they're running, fantastic. I, I give them access to all the data. But I, my proposal is the ability, or I would say strongly encourage teams to really think about organizing your data in data products, not data you're moving. Starburst, we create virtual data products. I query a table, a field, a row, or even better, I get data right from the lake because I can get it really, really fast. And then I give that team what they need. And if that discovery or innovation team says, hold on a second, you're missing something. I can fix it. Oh, hold on a second. Where is that? It's, it's another table in the same lake. Here you go. It's another table in, in a different cloud. Here you go. I can very easily query and access that data and give them what they want in a very iterative fashion. We can sit in a room and I can manipulate that data product in the right way so they can get on with their AI exercise. So that's my, my, my speech. My proposal there is I think data products can play a very strong role for AI teams. Avishai, you're an AI governance expert. Poke holes in my story. I like I like your I, I I think I think it's a very appealing story and and you're 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 addressing one of the absolute key requirements for any reasonable AI system, which is quality. And then of course 
another another very very important part especially for certain kind of models is data consistency and i think you're solving those mm -hmm. both those problems with 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 the data product what you're not solving with the data product is size because you know in ai size matters a lot and yeah. and i think the the it's it's implied in what you're saying that the data product needs to be small compartmentalized part of your your entire data set where uh, um, most at least most unaware data scientists would want the lake they just want the lake because <laughs> yeah. the lake is where everything can happen yeah. we need to challenge that i i, I think it, it i i would actually as a governance person i would actually much rather see the lake in nice well organized small bottles yeah and then unleash my models and even pay a small penalty. Yeah. But knowing that when it comes to governance and later on when it comes to compliance, I stand much better chance to, to, to do that. Risk management would be easier. Security would be easier. It's and anything big it is by definition more susceptible to have weaknesses and holes that we know. I love that because you're right. Those science teams, they want the lake, right? Uh, and spot on, right, on, on the size question. I, I I would say I almost, I want to give them the perception via a catalog that they can see everything in the lake. You can see everything in the lake, everything you have permission for. Um, but you only you only need to pull forward what you need, right? And so when you're doing discovery, I would say go at the lake. But I've got six lakes and two are in that cloud and two are in this cloud and two are on-prem. I can allow you to discover all six lakes. I don't care where they are. And when you decide what you need, that's your data product, right? And so I give them the perception and the access to go and find what they're looking for. And then when they find it, very quickly pull it forward, right? As opposed to what would drive a governance person crazy is I want the whole lake. And by the way, bring that whole lake in over here so that I can do my data science work over here. And it's like, yeah, no, that's going to take too long. It's going to be too expensive. And you know how much, you know, I remember when we first started moving to the cloud, uh, my old company, it took us 18 months to approve controls. I think we're faster with controls now, but even moving a large amount of data for a governance person, that's, that's a lot of work. And so my challenge would be give them, allow them to discover across the lakes, whenever they are, but then only deliver data minimization, data efficiency, exactly what they need. So I have a shot, brother. I have been looking forward to doing a show with you for 20 years. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, you so much. I hope we can do it again. I really appreciate your time. It was great, Adrian. Thank you for having me and uh, great learning also for me. I... Wonderful. Awesome. Loved we'll it. keep talking. And for the audience, thank you so much for joining us today.